0: Welcome back to Rome Boys. Today we are in Orlando, Florida at the Hyatt Regency with Dr. Scott Hunt.
1: <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good to be with you, Joe and Tony and Chris, it's great. Well, thanks for being Not with zooming, us. Not Zooming, but in real life. Yes. In real in life, life, yes. Yeah.
1: You're welcome. You can, <laughs> we'll sign autographs later. <laughs> yeah, just kidding. <laughs> so you got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, we yeah, what's, do. It uh, was yeah. exciting, yeah.
0: So we're still sort of reverberating, basking in the afterglow of what happened yesterday. After 20 plus years, we had a refounding event at the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology. And so we've been working for the last year and a half on a large building, 25,000 square feet, three stories, two acres, directly across the street from Franciscan University of Steubenville, where I still teach full-time. Uh, but we have over well, close to 50 uh, coworkers, colleagues. Full-time wow. about 40, part-time about 10. And we have just taken it up a notch, but more than a notch, we had the grand opening, and the, uh, and Bishop Paul Bradley came on the Feast of the Conversion of St. Yeah, Paul oh, wow. for the dedication of the building uh, devoted to St. Paul, the St. Paul Center. Mm-hmm. We also had the mayor of Steubenville, who's a practicing Catholic and a good friend, Jerry Barilla, show up. We had the president of Franciscan University, Father Dave Ivanka. We he, had other Franciscans. We had other clergy, laity. Uh, People coming in from all around the country, somebody from the Philippines. Oh, wow. And so uh, it was just one of those events where you're so stunned, you're in a kind of state of spiritual shock. And 24 hours later, you're like, was I dreaming? (laughs) (laughs) No, obviously. And so I, I, I shared a little bit of a reflection with the people who were there because, you know, Saul in his fervor was marching up to Damascus to persecute on the day of his conversion, you know, and Hmm. struck down, you know, and blinded and hearing a voice that he knew was divine and heavenly. Hmm. But it's like, why do I persecute? Who are you? You know, and Hmm. I suspect that, you know, as the hours set in, he must have wondered perhaps, was I dreaming, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, But I can't think of another feast in the liturgical calendar where we simply celebrate one person's conversion, right? Mm. Oh, yeah, you right? Mm-hmm. I mean, not just the yeah. martyrdom, you know, or the birth, sure. Sure. but the day he converts and I conversion. you wow. learn from yeah. conversion. You learn from St. Paul about conversion, but you learn that it wasn't just, you know, one and done. It was over and done in the past. It was really ongoing. And yeah. I think it was from St. Paul that I picked up the idea that conversion isn't just what happened to me when I was a troubled teenager and a juvenile (laughs) delinquent around the age of 14. Mm. It really is what happened to me when I came into the Catholic Church. And from that day on, every day is constant conversion, Mm -hmm. taking up your cross. And I think St. Paul would be like, absolutely. so I'm basking in that afterglow. And so I had to kind of clear that truck through the intersection (laughs) before I could start thinking (laughs) and talking (laughs) with you guys about other stuff. I I have to
1: ask... uh, There had to be a moment where, like you said, even in the midst of it, you're awestruck. Uh, Was there a mission that you had in your mind and that you and your team at the St. Paul Center uh, that laid out in the beginning and maybe you saw that come to fruition in that moment?
0: You know, it's funny because we talked about that the day before yesterday uh, because before we had the grand opening and the ribbon cutting with the bishop and the mayor and all of these other personages, we had a retreat for 40 plus of our coworkers. and, And as a result of that retreat, I had a chance to share and reflect with them on how 22 years ago when we filed the letters of incorporation for the St. Paul Center, it was 2001, uh, biblical literacy for lay people, biblical fluency for the clergy and for the educators, but teaching Catholics to read Scripture from the heart of the church, which invariably means in the Mass, because Mm -hmm. think about it, you know, the Mass is going to be the one thing every Catholic must attend throughout their lives. And that's going to be true in every age and the bible is going to be the only book that has to be read in every mass Mm -hmm. and almost invariably is going to be the old testament and the new coordinated especially on sundays and feast days and so to remain biblically illiterate as catholics is to really be impoverished and so there are Mm -hmm. so many other apostles doing so many exciting things I just thought, man, this is meat and potatoes. This Mm -hmm. is the Mass, it is the Bible, it is how Scripture is read from the heart of the church and always will be. And so let's just kind of, you know, get in step with the church, but also get in step with Clopas and his companion on the road to Emmaus, Mm -hmm. who I think was St. Luke, following (laughs) Gregory the Great and St. Thomas Aquinas. But I, I think, you know, for hours, mile after mile, did not our hearts burn within us mm-hmm. as He opened the Scriptures? And yet, at no point do they say, wait a minute, who teaches like this? There's only one guy. It must yeah. t- Turn around, let me look at you closely, you know. <laughs> it isn't until they're at the, in the town of Emmaus, at the table, when He takes, He blesses, He breaks, and He gives. And just as their eyes are opened, He disappears because you can sense that He's not playing hide-and-go-seek. He has brought them through the Old Testament to the crucifixion, to the resurrection. But the resurrection is more than a historical event. It's more than a miracle. It's more than the fulfillment of prophecy. It is the Eucharist. The Eucharist is the resurrected body, blood, soul, Mm -hmm. and divinity, and that's why he didn't need to linger. In fact, he needed to leave so as not to be a distraction or an impediment to faith. And once all of these tumblers fell, it was just like, I think I know what we ought to do for however long God blesses the St. Paul Center. And that is what the church will always do with sacred scripture. Because I love taking scripture classes as an undergraduate, a graduate, a doctoral student, and now as a professor. But the classroom is not the natural environment. Mm. The liturgy is the natural habitat, the Mm. supernatural habitat. And when you take the scriptures out of the church, out of the sacramental life, the Eucharistic worship, and you begin to study it. You know, it's like ripping a plant out by the roots and bringing it into a laboratory and looking under these hot, bright lights and begin wondering, you know, why is this plant dying? It's wilting, you know? Well, (laughs) you must not be a botanist, you know? (laughs) And so to put scripture back into its supernatural habitat Mm, in this sacramental setting Uh, uh, and to see the typology that is interwoven and has always been since Emmaus, you can see why he cut out. Because the first half was the liturgy of the Word, the Synaxis. The second is the liturgy of the Eucharist. Mm. And so it gives us this paradigm that we can draw from without any sort of thing like, oh, that's, that's Han or that's idiosyncratic. Mm. No, yeah. that's Catholic. Yeah. Yes. And let's, as you guys would say, let's be Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. The revival of sacred scripture yeah. and the Eucharist. I mean, wow. And so two this was w- the mass on the road. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and two weeks ago, I, sh- you know, I didn't mean to. Interrupt you, but two weeks ago we were just finishing up a uh, a priest conference in Napa, California, with 204 priests meeting from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday through Thursday. Dr. Bergsma, Dr. Matthew Thomas, uh, Father Louis Marozny, and and me and Dr. Tim Gray, Mm. former student, a dear friend, and we're just immersing them in this approach to Scripture Mm. where the new is concealed in the old, and the old Mm. is revealed and fulfilled in the new. But it's not like old, new, BC, AD. It is the promise of Christ, the fulfillment. The New Testament is Christ. And we explained that Jesus only used that phrase, the New Testament, one time. When Mm -hmm. He instituted the Eucharist, He said, this is the cup of my blood, the blood of the New Testament. He doesn't say, write this in remembrance or read this or exegete this. He said, do this. You know, and so this is the first of three priest conferences. We have another one coming up two weeks after Easter in in Texas, in Austin, Texas, oh, yeah, okay. great. your state yeah, slash yeah. country, <laughs> <laughs> and then one in West Virginia in mid-July, and we generally have over 200 priests coming, so over 600 Amazing. a year. We've been doing this now for several years. It goes all the way back to 2005, and I just had a priest. I'll never forget it. At the end, when he's getting on the van to go back to the airport to head home, he was just talking about, with, with his brother priest, he was like, I will never preach the same. I'll never read Mm. the Bible the same. Mm. He turned to me and he said, I've been a priest for 37 years. No, all the other 36 conferences put together don't even come close to this one. And my brother priests were saying the same thing at the breakfast table. Mm. So whatever you do, don't sell this field. An allusion to Field of Dreams, you know. Yes, (laughs) yes. Keep going. That's awesome. I love Uh, that movie. Yeah, It's Mm. one of my (laughs) all-time
1: favorites. Yes. Uh.
0: So, I mean, uh, on the other side of the note, like, how is your faith life going? How are you doing spiritually? And then also, how's your family? These are the two things we love to talk about our Catholic faith and right, our family. So, you know, yeah, I'm how actually are things gonna going to cut off and, and go. Uh, you know, I've just had this thought about the, the, the Paul Center that y'all just completed. Yeah. If you build it, they will come. People will come, Ray. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I use that. Them, you know. <laughs> okay, we're going to rewind just yeah, for a yeah, second. Sure, 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 sure. We'll go back to that yeah. one. So, I mean, if somebody had told me, and I told my team this, if somebody had told me back in 01, uh, Professor Hahn, you know, you are going to have a center, 25,000 square feet, you're going to be the president, and you're going to end up having co-workers, you know, to the tune of like 40 or 50, I, I would have said, where's the plug? I've got to pull it. You know I mean, yes. I mean I, no, thank you. the Lord yeah. really duped me like he did Jeremiah, <laughs> you know, it's like, I thought we would just kind of stay two or three, you know, full-time, all of us part-time, you know, but then it just began to build, and we began to pray more earnestly. Okay, what does God want? And it's like, okay, I'm afraid to ask it again. Ah, (laughs) yes. And and so I said, you know, when we we met with the architect, AMDG, uh, Peter Baldwin, a great convert from Presbyterianism, and uh, he gave us the blueprint, we were looking at it and we were wiping tears. It's just like, oh, wow. this is too good to be true, you know? <laughs> but that was three weeks before COVID. It was oh, in February yeah. of 2020. Yes. So three yeah. weeks later, we found out that it was too good to be yeah. true, yeah. you know? Well, oh, yeah. it yeah. would have been nice, you know, yeah. but we were not only, you know, doing everything from our home and from Zoom and that sort of thing, sure. um, but then when we heard about supply chain issues and all of the rest, you know, we, we resumed the plans and the construction. We Ken and I, my executive director, Ken Baldwin, and I flew up to Montreal to the oratory of St. Joseph last Mm, year to consecrate the building to St. Joseph as Mm -hmm. well as to St. Paul and to ask St. Joseph, the worker, to really help us succeed because everybody around us, you know, were failing. So we completed, we dedicated it yesterday and we were on schedule. (laughs) <laughs> and we were wow. slightly under budget whoa and so Praise to god, god be the glory amen, amen. not to us old so lord not to he us knows. yes
1: he absolutely knows. if you build it
0: he will come you build tony n- and yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah
1: joe's our oh, movie guy so, so he wasn't he, w- he wasn't gonna let <laughs> well, that one slid by
0: I, I actually too caught that you know when that started february of COVID. Yeah. That's when we started. Exactly. That right? yeah. That's when we began. And you're an ministry. inspiration to us because you had this dream, and we're already kind of thinking about things—a Rome Boys Center and just billboards across the country and world. And thank you, oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> because well, you I mean, said yes, and then others said yes. Many people said yes in order to make that all happen. So yeah, thank the Lord. you for saying yes and following our Lord. You know, and I also wanted to mention too that uh, I'm in my 60s, and so. If nobody else thinks of it, I certainly do. I'm not immortal on this planet, Mm. you know. And Mm -hmm. so John Bergsma, Dr. Bergsma is now our vice president. He's in his 50s. Mm. We now have Dr. Jeff Morrow moving from New Jersey to join us, a convert from Judaism, a great biblical scholar. He's in his 40s. We have Dr. Shane Owens who's in his, um, I think, late 30s. And so we we don't need a succession plan. We just need to be open to saying yes to whatever mm-hmm. God is asking yes. of us in our future. Yes. With beginners, intermediate, advanced, we're also working with the clergy. Bergsma, I think, did thirteen clergy convocations Ooh. for thirteen different dioceses wow. last wow. year. Wow. I think oh, he's goodness. got more scheduled. Wow. More than That's any good. other person I know. He's just teaching priests really how to read the the Bible, how That's to enjoy great. it. So that the preaching is the overflow. Yes. And the parishioners are like this isn't the same priest. Yep. After we came back from our pilgrimage, mm-hmm.
1: uh, uh, Father Arrow would, would happily say, sitting here with us. Yeah. I mean, his his heart
0: just turned on he fire. He's a new man. He's yeah. a new man. Mm-hmm. That's what we yeah. want. And especially yes. now that you know we've got six kids now, we've got 23 grandkids. Ooh, yes. From Praise the God. first three, our youngest, David, just got engaged the day before Christmas Eve in England. You know, and so we're really mindful of what our Lord wants to leave in terms of a legacy that goes beyond, you know, Scott and Kimberly. And yeah. we're, we're sensing that there is so much more to it, you know. And uh, hmm. with Father Jeremiah, one of our six is ordained a priest for the Diocese of Steubenville. Mm-hmm. And he's helped out with these priest conferences in the past as well. In fact, I just uh, was talking to him because a number of people who have heard about the conferences have discovered that, they have an opportunity to actually sponsor their priests. We have a oh. few dioceses where business leaders are basically saying any priest from our diocese will be paid for. Nice. Whoa. Yeah. And so That's great. Yeah, it's like yeah. and it's like it's like a slice of heaven for me. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like people <laughs> <of> dreams that <again. laughs> yeah, There we go, we have no, it's a paid.
1: You actually touched on one of the questions. Yeah, uh, family. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Your other children. Yeah, they're all. Kimberly and everybody, yeah. So our oldest, Michael, is Dr. Han the Younger and the much, much smarter. (laughs) And uh, he got his doctorate from Notre Dame and the relationship between the old and the new in Augustine and Aquinas. Oh, wow. And and hopes to publish that soon. And then he's teaching scripture at Mount St. Mary's Seminary in oh, Emmitsburg, which, yes. is, which has more seminaries than any other seminary yeah. currently. He's, this wow. is his fifth year, loving it. They're expecting number eight. Uh, then Gabriel's expecting <laughs> number 10. Oh. He'll be joining us oh. on a pilgrimage to Rome. Oh, yes. wow, That's great. Yes, <laughs> With yes. all of Anasisi. your kids. Because last year, before the, uh, the Gaza Strip missile strike and all of the rest, we were yes. able to get to the Holy Land, and uh, Michael and his then seven kids joined us Uh, for the first time, and it was spectacular. Uh, And Hannah, our third, we've got five boys, one grower, I always say one rose and five thorns, (laughs) (laughs) and and Hannah has now moved back to town because her husband, Dr. Ben Reinhardt, is now a colleague of mine at the university, uh, Franciscan University of Steubenville, he's teaching English, he is one of the most effective and popular professors in the university, and he's one of my close friends, and so... We finally that's have great. five out of the 23 grandkids living close, oh, That's that's a great. Big, big, difference. Great. And then Father Jeremiah, we don't expect any grandkids from him, <laughs> but he's great. just loving preaching. We're hearing lots of good things. Yeah. And then uh, Joe, who had been in the seminary for several years, discerned out. He's now dating somebody seriously who is uh, has the same kind of mission mindset as he does. Ooh, and then David, our youngest, is engaged. And so wow, uh, August 31st, uh, to a gal from Britain named Martha she is just such a lovely young woman congrats yeah Yeah, we we just feel like how is blessing upon blessing yeah Yeah. yes Mm. grace upon grace very british name martha (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh,
1: so with all of that uh, thanks for your contribution (laughs) yeah uh i mean it's it's really like a link in a chain (laughs) (laughs) yes amen